0: Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church's podcast, where we are taught by the Word and led by the Spirit. I hope today's message encourages you and challenges you to draw nearer to Jesus. I'm very passionate about seeking God. It's like the message of my heart, because you can become a church kid. Anybody want to claim church kid status? Like you're like, I feel like I've been here a long time, not even just here, but like felt boards and Sunday schools and Bible studies and Bethmore studies and conferences and all the Christian trappings right and you can become very inoculated to the glory and presence of God like you're like I got it but you don't and I, I felt that in my life which is why I'm so passionate about waking up like if I'm the alarm clock or the annoying older brother it's like get up That's, I'm fine with that role in this church but I want us to wake up and realize that God is findable You can know him Not about him You heard me pray He's not a subject to conquer He's a person to know And that is like It thrills my heart to tell you That Jesus is alive On a throne In heaven The spirit's been given We get to walk with God On the earth And then one day We get to see him face to face And that's going to be a good day And I'm longing for that And so I know we already announced it But I just want to put it before you from my mouth This coming Friday night, 6.30 This coming Saturday night, 6.30 Friday night, stop eating food Saturday, don't eat food all day Unless you can't, unless you shouldn't Does that make sense? If you start passing out in random spots Be like, my pastor told me to stop eating I'm telling you, eat if that's you Are you okay? Maybe you're just, okay fine But I'm going to set my whole day aside This coming Saturday for the Lord I would even get a little bit like well, I feel God on this too I might tell Anna my wife We're not taking the kids to their games today Because we're going to seek God today You're like well they can't miss the game Well they can There's, They can't And if this whole church And I do think God's inviting us to something So stop eating Friday night when the sun goes down If you want to be real Jewish in your fasting That's how you'll do it And then we'll gather 6.30pm right here And we're going to worship and we're going to seek God And then we're going to spend all day hungering physically probably, but also spiritually. And then 6.30 Saturday night we're going to come and we're going to worship and we're going to seek and we're going to pray. And then we're going to break our fast together Sunday morning, next Sunday morning with communion, which will be a communion service, which also will mess up your religious views of what communion services look like. I have a thought um, that I really felt like this morning I wrote it down. Do you know that your response matters when it comes to the things of God? Do you know it matters how you respond? Now, most of the time, people say yes, but we have this weird view of sovereignty or like God's role and my role. And yeah, God is at work and he does the work and he's done some work and the cross is real. But most of the time when we think about seeking God, we're like, I'll just sit here, do something. do it right we just get this weird like and it you know like you got to do it but he over and over again like even the beatitudes you know it says blessed are those who seek so what do you must do to be the blessed seek bless all those beatitudes all the bible if you don't do it your response matters and this is the heart of seeking Is Lord, like David says this Like, Lord, you said seek my face Your face, Lord, do I seek Why did David say that? God told him to do something And he had an option You all have an option in the course of your day What you're going to spend your time on The unfortunate thing is We don't spend it on the right stuff sometimes We all know that We all waste time I'm actually all about wasting time sometimes You need a good rest But blessed are those Who seek, who knock, who hunger, who are meek, who are peacemakers. I mean, you can go through them all and their invitations to be like, is my heart meek? Am I a peacemaker? Am I pure in heart? Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Who wants to see God? Well then what I must do then is go, God is my heart pure. And if there's any stain on it, get it out because I want to see you. And so when you spend four hours a night watching filth on a television or listening to it in music or reading really sensualized, sexualized books, and you go, I gotta, I'm i not pure in heart now. And then you come to church and you go, why can't I see you? Maybe, maybe, right? Now, everybody in here, you know somebody that you're, this, it's maybe grandma, maybe you're like, oh, it's, it's you, Andrew, whatever it is. Who is it? Who is it that you're like, I know that man or woman walks with God? You have that person in your head? Why do you say that? Do they glow? Do they hover a little bit? You have a halo? What is it? What is it about that man or woman of God that you go look at their life and you go, that one. Something different about them. And all the great saints, you know, like I've read, we've been reading Pursuit of God by Tozer. He chalks it up to one thing, but I do think it's true that anytime they felt that inward longing, they did something about it. They didn't go, "Eh, I got to live life. They went, life can be put on hold and I will go find God. See, that's different than the church I was growing up in. They were like you got your life and you got your God life Give them some Sunday time Maybe Give them QT quiet time up there in the morning But then you got to go do work You got to do your stuff But all of it's God's stuff And so as I got ready today It's not as cryy today But it really is My, my awareness That some of us You are bored You are bored with church Thank you But I'm not inviting you to church, I'm inviting you to a fascination with the God of heaven and earth. And he's really big, beautiful, holy, you can't figure him out. It's like you're in a rowboat, you're the rowboat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and the Pacific Ocean is God. And so we, what we've done has been like, let me distill God, here he is. And then we, every once in a while. But you're, No, God is this gigantic, huge, holy, beautiful, majestic, splendid, holy, good God And you'll never get to the end where you're like Oh, I got all of them now So not fascination with church Not fascination with facts Fascination with a person, God himself You feel that? And it's okay if you don't Because the church has done a really bad job of telling its people Be fascinated with God Really bad job But A.W. Tozer, everybody know that name? I mean, I talk about him all the time He said this once, he said How tragic that we in this dark day Have had our seeking done for us by our teachers Everything is made to center upon The initial act of accepting Christ And we are not expected thereafter To crave any further revelation of God to our souls We have been snared in the coils of a spurious logic Which insists that if we found him We need no more seek him This is set before us as the last word in orthodoxy and is taken for granted that no Bible-taught Christian ever believed otherwise. Thus, the whole testimony of the worshiping, seeking, singing church on that subject is crisply set aside. The experiential heart theology of a grand army of fragrant saints is rejected in favor of a smug interpretation of Scripture, which would certainly have sounded strained to Augustine, Rutherford, or Brainerd. Those are just big names in Christianity. You ever met somebody who just seems like they're so in love with God and they can't get enough of him? I want to give you permission to, to, to seek after to be that person. It's not like, oh, I can't wait to get to a building. I can't wait to get to God. I can't wait to, you know, study more about, it. no, I can't wait to get more close to God. I, I want I to want hunger. I want to uncork that bottle for you. Oh, go find him. Because I, I feel this in Christianity, that we've let the Tozers and the Wigglesworths and all the big names, any, any big name we're like, "Well, they found God, but not me, you. There's nobody in this room that if God starts provoking you, you can say yes, but you can also say no." And so we ask that question, why did you stop seeking? And, and, and the reality is, as I agree with Tozer, that the door is good so coming into Christ is good but there's a whole house to be explored let me explain what I mean in in the book of John John 10 Jesus said to them again truly truly I say to you I am the door to the sheep all who come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not listen to them I am the door so Jesus Christ Second person of the trinity incarnate son of God just said what I am a to what to the whole thing so picture back in olden times we're shepherds You have these sheep pens they're just basically stacked rocks in on in on in they don't have a door they have an opening and every night out in the field the shepherd pushes the sheep into that hole and then he lays across that opening effectively becoming the door So to get into the sheep through the proper entrance, you have to climb over the shepherd. And Jesus is going, I am the door to the kingdom of God. I am the way in. There's not another way. So if you try to climb over the side, you're a robber and a thief. You have to come through me. So in when we talk about this, everybody on the earth, Jesus died for them and is inviting them into the house of God. But he's the door So it's the most inclusive and exclusive thing on the planet Everybody gets invited to the house But you gotta go through Jesus Everybody in here I hope, I hope you've given your heart to Jesus I hope you believe and have received That his work on the cross paid for your sin And now God, the holy God Has given you God's holiness and righteousness I hope hope you're there If you're not, you should become a Christian But what we're talking about, we're, we're not talking about the door and the picture kind of falls apart but I picture, picture God's house, what's it look like? It's not this building, just so you know, it's not like, there's not a building on earth. What's God's house look like? Probably big and nice and gold and stuff, I don't know. And then there's this door, it's stained it's, it's red with the blood of Jesus and you knock on it and Jesus opens He says do you want to come into the household of God well you are going to have to leave behind your life and you are going to have to go through the cross with me do you accept what I did for you and you say yes guess what you have now entered into the house of God the unfortunate news is most of us we sit in the foyer I don't have a foyer in my house you got a foyer but we sit at the front and we, and rightfully so. We, we marvel at Hey, I've accepted Christ I've accepted Christ And God's like Well, I have a lot of other rooms in my house I, I got the living room That's got a fireplace in it That's full of the power of God I've got a living room Where I'll teach you things in my study I, I've got a kitchen We're going to cook some stuff up In, in your life We're going to have you build some stuff We got the garage We're going to give you a car So you can go I, I mean, I'm taking the analogy way too far But do you see what I mean? There's like this this We're fascinated with the door and we should I'm fascinated that Jesus saved me. But when we talk about seeking him we're talking about I want to go deeper into the things of God. I want to plumb the depths of the scripture for the beauty of God. I don't want to be satisfied with just huddled by the door. I want to walk in the kingdom. I want to walk in him. So. A question kind of arose in my head, why seek God? Okay, last week I just like with tears, passionately was like, seek God and you all were like, yes! Right? Maybe you weren't, maybe I don't know what you did. That's what I did. I was like, yes! I want to seek God. Why? Why do that? And, and so today is, is more of a few reminders and, and maybe a couple checks that you might need to do in your spiritual diagnostics, okay? Uh, the, the first verse I'll take you to is First Chronicles 16. And if you have a Bible go ahead and head there in the front half But this is King David praying a prayer over the people of God And what has happened is the The Ark of the Covenant had been stolen or given And they had now returned it to this, the tent that David had built So that it would house the presence of God And so they're celebrating And they're worshiping, because they're like, oh, this this ark that holds the Ten Commandments and the presence of God and the cherubim over it, they brought it back to the city of God and they're singing and there's dancing. Then David begins to pray, and it sounds a lot like a psalm, because it's a song. He's singing over the people, and he's telling them to do something, and he's telling them why. So why seek God? It's a good question. Oh, give thanks, this is verse 8, oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples sing to him sing praises to him tell of all his wondrous works glory in his holy name let the hearts of those who seek the lord rejoice he's going to say again seek the lord and his strength he says again seek his presence continually so king david right here at the The culmination of the power, presence, and authority of God Returning to this tent they built for him Yells out over the people Remember what God has done And then those of you that seek him What should we do? Rejoice There is strength there There's glory there And don't just seek around him Don't just try to get a little close Seek his what? His presence continually This is God, oh my God, I want to be with you He goes on for quite a bit But go down to verse 23 Sing to the Lord All the earth Tell of his salvation from day to day Declare his glory among the nations His marvelous works among all the peoples For great is the Lord And greatly to be praised And he is to be feared Above all gods That's a lowercase g, gods Why? For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. So why seek the Lord? Because there's no other God on the earth. Every other God is an idol who can't see, speak, hear, or do anything. So you can get some sticks and make a stick figure of me and poke it with pins and it won't do anything because it's not God he goes great is the Lord in the earth and in the nation so why seek God because everything else is like sand in your hands and as a people we need to come back to this God is the best thing there's nothing better than him And some of you right now in this room, you're still trying to figure that out, which is why you keep going to alcohol and it doesn't satisfy because it can't. Only God can. This is the cry of the worshiper. This is the cry of the children of God. I found what satisfied. I found the better thing. I found the thing that is not like the other things. And there are many gods on the earth right now. And they all promise varying degrees of wealth or happiness or health, but they are dead and not even comparison. Not even put them in the same category of the God of the Bible. So why seek him? Why? Well, all the other gods are worthless idols, but our God is the living God. And he says splendor and majesty are before him. Now let's just get an idea. If you could see the throne room of heaven right now. You see the throne in your brain? There's a throne in heaven. Revelation tells us this. Right? And it shows us it John gets a glimpse into what is before our God right now physically. And it's like emeralds and rubies and rain. it's like all kinds of stuff's going on up there. Eyeball creatures. There's like a thing with eagles and bulls. It's weird stuff's going on, right? rumbles of lightning, this great sea of glass. There's these guys that are just throwing their crowns down. There's these creatures that are yelling, holy, holy, holy. And every time they look back at God, they're like, whoa, holy, holy, holy. Whoa, holy. Like over and over and over and over and over again, right? Splendor and majesty are before him. It's like at his feet. So there's this beautiful, holy, beautiful I mean just beyond us God Right With creatures and lightning and all that stuff Strength and joy Are in his place Some of you feel weak Because you're not going to God So there's no strength in your life Some of you are lacking joy Because you're not going to God You're trying to produce it How the world tells you you'll be happy But happiness and joy are not the same thing So when the church forgets that the joy of the Lord is my strength But the happiness of the world is a weak replacement We gotta get back to the joy of the Lord We gotta get back to marveling and wondering over God Because I heard recently that there really is There's like this, this I'm gonna call it cancer A cancer of boredom in the church We're bored of God We're bored of the church We're bored of hearing about it But God is anything but boring I'm fascinated with finding him. I'm fascinated by this God that we all say, we read about every day. I'm fascinated that the things that the Bible says are actually true. Things like you are seated in heavenly places in Christ, that's in the Bible. What does that mean? I'm still trying to plumb the depths of it. When it says, don't worry, I'll be with you even to the end of the age, what's that mean? That means tonight, if I take my kids to Bob Evans, who's with me? The Lord on high. So take everything we just read, that his marvelous works, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, that there's strength and glory and majesty. There's this sea of glass and eyeball creatures. That God, let's say he showed up in this room, what happens? Let's just say even a drop of that shows up in this room that'll change a church that'll change a man or a woman in a minute and so what I just want to grow in us is that I want to long after God with you and I'm so glad that we're a church that's starting to feel it shifting I can feel the wonder and awe coming back and I tell you how you can notice that is like prayer rooms are starting to fill up and people after service, we're not going to actually dismiss the service. We're going to go right back to worship and prayer. And people will be here till the next service starts right here kneeling, worshiping God. Because that's a hunger. That's hunger. And so I want to put three challenges before you and then get out of the way. Because <clears throat> they're, they're kind of challenges, or I, I would call them diagnostics for a seeking life. Uh, And and number one is worship Your worshiping life Now when I said, hey, your worshiping life Who many, who many, how many Who many, how many people in this room Immediately thought my singing life So when the Bible talks about worship It's typically not about singing It has nothing to do with the songs we sing It has to do with our life and our in our worshiping in obedience and devotion do you know the first time the word worship is used in the Bible anybody I know Sheena might what's the first time the word worship in Hebrew is used Genesis what Genesis 22 the moment that Abraham says I'm going to take my son and I'm going to worship with him on that mountain where's the singing Where's the, you know, where's any, it's not there. It's a solemn moment where a man who's devoted, listened and honored God and went, if you want my son, I'll give him to you. But then he says, then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. It's pretty sure that Isaac's coming back. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son and he took in his hands the fire and the knife and so they both went, both of them together. And Isaac apparently being a smart lad said to his father Abraham my father, he said here I am son. He said behold the fire and the wood but where's the lamb for a burnt offering. And Abraham said God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering my son and so they both went both of them went together that's the first time worship the word worship's used and usually in theology whenever you see the first use it's important this is a man worshiping God and how is he doing it well okay God I'll trust you with everything like this is the son of promise this is Isaac everything's hanging off this kid And he's going up a mountain going at least, maybe I do have to sacrifice my son to God but God will raise him from the dead. I don't know what's in Abraham's head then, but did you hear it? How prophetic that is? God will provide for himself a lamb. And who is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, church? Jesus is. So worship is this first test for you want to seek God? How's your worshiping life? Not your songs your devotion your okay God you get everything you see a lot of us when you think what does God want from me well many times in my life I would have been like the Father is seeking after what well fortunately for us in John 4 it says the hour is coming is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father is what seeking such people to worship him so what's the father in heaven want worshipers and for most of my life i would have told you no he's he's after servants or theologians or warriors because i'm a dude and i want to be that or something i don't you know we would put it that we wouldn't fill that blank with worshipers but if worship's not about a song it looks closer to how abraham lived are you worshiping with your life? Not did you go to church? Not did you emotionally connect to a song or a melody? Did you worship? Because the songs we sing are should be overflow. I sing to God because I've worshiped Him all week. And I didn't have to sing all week to worship Him. The real famous verse about this is Romans 12. Romans 12.1, I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect so picture an altar it's where things go to be killed and die And what does the Bible just say? Do you want to have a spiritual act of worship? Get on the altar. And don't get off of it. Anybody ever feel like you crawl off, though? Because it gets hard, right? You're like, God, I'm all in, and then, but if I'm all in at work, I'll lose the promotion. God, you're all that I want, except it's Bengals season. A little too close to home? You're like, you're not playing well, so I don't care. I'm all in, but, and you crawl off the altar. And So if you want to seek God, I think you've got to, once again, our response matters. This is the word of God going. Abraham was a man that trusted God to the point of taking his own son and giving him to God. God is, the Father is searching for worshipers, and Romans 12 tells us that worshipers are people that live lives unto God, that don't get off the altar and that that is their spiritual worship so how's your worship life not how's your church game how well do you have things memorized how's your heart of worship going with God and does he have everything because that's my definition of worship things changed in my life with God I could sing the songs for the seven years of my ministry it was the moment the Holy Spirit of God showed up and went but I don't have your everything Andrew And then I gave him everything and the songs came easy but the life that I was living was crazy and wild. Why? Because I had laid it down. I stopped picking up my life and I laid it down before God and I went if this means I just, I I roam Miami's campus telling anyone I can about Jesus, I will God. This is why I said be careful that you say I want God. He'll jack your life up in the most beautiful way possible. But American Christianity, we didn't buy in on that. We said, I want you to save me from hell. I want to keep my life. That's not biblical Christianity. Anyone that wants to follow me has to lay down their life, pick up their cross and follow me. Red letter, Jesus words. Now we're preaching. So how's your worship life? Following and obedience and sacrifice are worship. secondly. I think seeking and waiting, are you seeking God, and if we could be dead honest about it. Not like, hey, I give them some lip service, or, but no, are you, is there a longing in your heart, and if not, why? Did someone like me one day tell you that you can't find him? You can, and they were wrong. And I will fight them. I went too far. Matthew 6 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. But typically we're like, well, I got to provide for my family and I got to eat and I got to dress and I got to do blah, 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 blah. But that's that whole verse, that whole context is seek God first and he will clothe you, feed you, take care of you, knows what you need before you need it. And his kingdom's way better than yours. But we reverse it sometimes, don't we? So are you seeking the things of God first or second or third? Or are they, well when I have time I'll seek God. I think Jeremiah did a great job week one going, I've heard so few people say this, well once the kids are out, then I'll get serious about God. Once you know, once my 401K is locked down, then, then I can give God my attention. I think God's got a better 401K than you do. I think God knows how to take care of His kids better than you I think God knows how to do a heck of a lot more than the church is letting Him, which is why we're so powerless, scared, and weak. So when are the people of God, the men and women of God, going to seek Him and then wait on Him? If you're like, how do I do that? Well, Let's let Jesus lead us. Luke 5, 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Why did He do that? To find God, to talk to His Father. To seek and wait on the Lord, to get his marching orders. How often have you gone to places where there's no people to be alone with God? Some of you are like, I'm doing it all the time. I want you to, I want you to make it a practice. Because most of us are like, you know what I do need to do to get around God? I got to get in a room where they're all yelling, probably in tongues, get kind of weird, get crazy up in here. That's, I'll meet God then. No. Go be lonely places. Go cut out all the stuff, and then sit there and seek and wait on the Lord. Maybe you need to do that. But so often, our our pace of life, you ever have a day where you feel like it's 5 a.m., you're brushing the teeth, and before you know it, it's 9 p.m., and you're brushing your teeth going to bed, and you're like, what happened? Anybody? Every day of my life. I got to, I don't even know how we're at Sunday right now, guys. I felt like I just did this, like I feel like I just woke up. Went to sleep on a Sunday, not a Sunday. So what we will have to do if you want to seek and wait on the Lord, you'll have to be intentionally and getting alone and getting to desolate places. Walk out in the, in the woods in the behind the church and sit by yourself with God. He's knowable and findable. So often though we got a podcast in one ear, we're talking to our friend about how we feel far away from God. Or like, I, I bet this guy will tell me I mean, No, God has said, come seek me, you'll find me And then finally Last little diagnostic is The cry of a disciple is Yes, Lord Yes, Lord Yes, Lord Yes, Lord Not, yes, Lord, but That doesn't work with my timeline Yes, Lord, but There's no buts It's just, yeah, I trust you Do you trust God? And and I ask that because when we talk about seeking God, there really is that fear in a lot of us. You know that if you find him, you have to give up control. It'll mess your life up. And so why seek the one that's going to try to take from me with the things that I actually love? Well, then you're not a worshiper. You're worshiping you. And so John 14, verse 18 Is a promise that I'd like you to hold on to And when we talk about seeking God I think we mysticize it way too much Because he says I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you Yet a little while And the world will see me no more But you will see me Because I live you also will live And in that day you will know That I'm in my father And you in me And I in you Verse 21 is crucial Whoever has my commandments and keeps them He it is who loves me And he who loves me Will be loved by my Father And I will love him and manifest myself to Him Did you hear that? So when we say yes Lord obedience matters guys Our response matters so when the Lord says, if you have my commandments and you do them, I'll know that you love me and the Father will love you and I'll be in you. And then what will happen? That word there, manifest myself to you. Some of you are like, well, I'm just waiting for my, I'm waiting for, to get, you know, goosebumps or I'm waiting to feel a wind. What if you started obeying the commandments of God and then you took him at his word that he'll show up and manifest himself when you do? I think the Our Father prayer is like, you know that's how Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, holy be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will, I'm doing thys because I I memorized it, your will be done, your kingdom come. Not mine but yours, not me but you. That's hard guys, right? And we we don't like it because you're like no, 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 I I just want to, I just want to be soothed, and I want to have peace, and I want to have the assurance I'm not going to hell. I want God. Do you want God? Then it will require you to be a worshiper. It will require you to seek and then wait on the Lord, and it will require you to say, yes, God, even when it hurts. One little testimony, and then the, actually the band's going to come back up, and I want us to seek God. <clears throat> At the, uh, at the end of last year, I was praying real heavily, like, God, what do you want from me? And, you know, I, I pray all the time, and I'm like, submit. Okay, God, if you want me at Cobblestone, I'll be at Cobblestone. If you want me in Tibet, I'll be in Tibet. I don't care anymore. Like, all right, God. And so I kept praying, and out of the blue, I felt like the Lord kind of brought this idea of starting a business in this community. And I was like, thanks, Lord, but I didn't mean that. I meant I'll do like a speaking tour, I'd love a healing ministry, you know, some kind of book deal, that's what all these other guys are doing, and he's like, but I want you to do that. And so I had a choice, and I'm not saying I do it well all the time, but this is what I'm living the yes right now. Yes Lord. So if God ever calls me out of cobblestone, it'll be like, yeah Lord, and I'll be sad about it because I love you guys, this is fun. Y'all don't look like you're having fun but I'm having fun alright I'm having a lot of fun here and there is a thing happening in front of your eyes even if you can't see it the amount of testimonies that are coming because a people are waking up and they're starting to seek God and he's being found and he's filling this place with his goodness and it's going to be beautiful guys but I want to invite you into two more verses and then I'll get out of the way actually Van, can you come up here uh, in Matthew 7 There's this verse that has a negative and a positive to it and most of the time we only talk about the negative but I want to tell you about the positive. It says not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me Lord Lord did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many mighty works in your name and then I will declare to them I never knew you, depart from me you workers of lawlessness. There's some negative in that verse right. And normally we talk about this verse like, oh, look, like it's so scary. I'm so scared that I'm going to hear, you know, I'm going to say, Lord, Lord, but I'll be safe because it's actually, I want to look at the positive. What's the positive? What does this show you that God wants? He wants you to know him. So when we say seek God, we're not talking about weird manifestations and gifts. Those happen when God shows up because that's what He does. We're talking about knowing God. It's so important that he's saying, all right, there's going to be people at the end of the age that have done all that stuff. They did the right works. They had the power. But in the end, he's like, but I don't know you. And I love that because that's an invitation. God wants to be known, not used for his power. Not cried out just Lord, Lord, that's lip service, but known and served and worshiped from the heart. And so here's how we're going to seek God. We're going to seek him like some blind men. You're like, it's like some blind men. It's my favorite story because literally these two dudes could give a rip what people thought. Matthew 20, 30, you have Jesus walking with a great crowd of people and it says behold there were two blind men sitting by the roadside and when they heard that Jesus was passing by they cried out Lord have mercy on us son of David the crowd rebuked them telling them to be silent but they cried out all the more I love these guys why do I love these guys because most of the time people are like you're getting a little too serious about this God thing and I'm like I don't think I've gotten serious enough you're praying a little bit too forcefully. I'm like, I have just started. And I think the people of God need to wake up. God is the best thing anywhere. And in possessing him, there's nothing on earth that's better. So there's two blind men, right? And if you did this now, like even her clapping right now, you're like, I wish she'd shut up so that I could hear. This is, this is the evangelical conservative church right now. And God's waking her up, going, seek me. Seek me, me, not power in the government, not political power, not anything other than biblical Christianity, which is a laid down life, and yes, Lord, and when we find him, you'll go, what were we doing before? I don't know. Morality, that's all we were doing. Morality and power structures, but the kingdom of God is an upside down God. I mean, upside down kingdom, where the servants are the greatest the kingdom of God is at hand, Jesus says. And these men, these blind men, they cry out for it. And what does the crowd do? Shh, shh, shh. He's too busy for you. Or that's improper. Or if you're going to approach God, you're going to need to do it. No, they're just like, we're blind, we have need. God, Jesus, son of David, help, help. And what happens? The crowd rebuked him, but they yelled all the more, Lord, have mercy on a son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? Which is like a great question for two blind dudes, right? What do you want me to do? And this is the reality, and I know it's a little deep. Sometimes people don't want healed or saved or restored or free. They want their sin, and they want out of the repercussions of it. Do you hear me? This is why Jesus goes, what do you want me to do for you? This is why at the man at the, uh, at the healing pool, he asked them the same thing. And they said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus in pity touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight. And they what? Followed him so I want to be that right now. So the band, where are you at? You kind of came up and then I started talking again and you didn't come up and now I don't know what to do. I'll remind you this coming Friday night, stop eating if possible. If that's a new thing for you, we have a guide out front. If you're like, why would I give up food so that I might hunger and thirst for the kingdom of God? All day Saturday we'll be fasting, Saturday night, Friday night, 6.30 right here, we're going to seek God. It's not going to feel like church, it's going to feel like a prayer meeting, just so you know. So if you're like, what am I walking into? A prayer meeting. And then Sunday morning, next Sunday morning, I have high anticipation that we're going to spend all week seeking God, and then collectively as a group we're going to find Him. So can you bow your head or like get in a position of prayer, or I don't care what position that is, but if you need to close your eyes, I know I've yelled at you for the last forever, So Father, we just take a deep breath and rest. Rest in the work of Jesus on the cross, but I also ask for that, like, fire of the Holy Spirit to pursue you. And so we spend the rest of this morning doing just that, pursuing you, seeking you, crying out for you. Like, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And I do pray that there would be this waking up of the church. You'd wake me up. You'd wake us up, the elders, the staff, the the body of Christ that is cobblestone. That we would take you at your word and our response would be, Lord, you said seek your face, your face, Lord, we seek. And I thank you for every person in this room. You want them to know you at the door Jesus you're there and we anybody can come in we just have to come through you and if we have come in Lord we ask that you would take us deeper that we would let you have our lives that we we climb back up onto that altar and so right there you you and God Step one, if if you've not come to Jesus and been, save me, purify my heart, take my sin from me, and I accept that you died for me, you need to do that. See, that's that seeking, he's already done all that. Which means you don't have to, like, figure it out. It's already explained to us. He died that you might live. But you have to receive that work and then not trust in yourself, but in Him. And if that's you right now, all you have to say is, Father, I accept the work of Jesus on the cross. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and purify me. Make me a new creation, and that means you're now a son or daughter. adopted. You get to come into the house. you're here and you've been a Christian a long time, and you feel like you've crawled off the altar, I can't put you back on, only you can. And so you have a choice right now, Christian. Will I live a lay down life or will I keep living mine? So I want you to talk about God with, about that. And so we're going to worship, and like I said, there's no buy anymore in our services. There's You can leave when you want, and we mean that can stay and worship and seek and cry you can also receive prayer from our prayer teams that will be up here as soon as I get done talking. Because God is a living God and He heals people I do feel this this morning that if you have any physical healing needs our prayer teams would love to pray for you. Specifically I think cancer but I don't know why I think that so we'll just take a little step of faith and say if you're dealing with some cancer. My dad died of cancer, I hate cancer. The cool thing is I think Jesus hates cancer too. So if we can pray for you, even just for comfort, we would be an honor. So prayer teams, you come up, we're going to worship. You are free to go, stay, linger. Thanks for listening to me for so long. See you next week as we break our fast together. I hope today's message has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. If you would like more information, you can find us at www.cobblestonechurch.com. Have a great week and God bless.